microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is Extreme Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Warriors 3, Brett, Derek, and myself, Mike. And we are being joined by a guy who just absolutely hates us because he came begging to come back on. and wanted, <laughs> wanted to bring back um, two other, or wanted to bring with him two other people. Uh, I, I don't know if we gave death threats or not. I don't know. Um but it is one of our favorite guests, Roland Mann, and he has brought with him Dean Zachary and Barbara Kalberg. Did I say that? Correct. What a guess. And they are working on one of my f- favorite books that Roland was involved with back with Malibu, which I have. I'm not sure if you sent me the whole set or a partial set, but Cat and Mouse. Uh, probably wasn't a, a whole set because I didn't have very many. Uh, I usually only had bits and pieces. I've still been – when I got them, I'm like, oh, yeah, time to start reading. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, one of my favorite books. Uh, I think when we talked about it back then, I told you I was one of the, the readers of it. Yep, um, yep. No, I, I remember that, and I appreciate that still today. So – the reason why the gang's on is yesterday, or well, yesterday at time of recording, but at time of release, we will say May 1st, they launched the Cat and Mouse Kickstarter. Yes. So the book's coming back briefly in the independent status. And yes, I'm excited. As one of my dogs sneezes in the background. I don't know if y'all heard her or not. <laughs> That's not the dog. Yeah. The other one. Um, what made you decide to bring Cat and Mouse back? You know, it's one of those things because um, we were talking before we came on here. Uh, Cat and Mouse started 30 years ago, and it's one of those. I've done a lot of other things since then, right? I've done Planet of the Apes. I did Battletech. You know, these are projects that are certainly kind of bigger in name, but it almost never fails. Anytime I go to a show, right, at least one person will come up to me and say, I absolutely love Cat and Mouse when you're bringing it back. And it was just one of those things like, you know, I've got all these other books on the table here. These are some of my new stuff, my, my new projects. Won't you check those out? Yeah, 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 I'll look at those too. But, man, I really love Cat and Mouse, and, and you should bring it back, right? And so I just heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it and one thing after another. And so over the years, it just – the timing was just right. It just fell into place. I was actually talking with Dean about a different project. He and I were, were, were going to we're, – we're putting something together, and – and one evening when we were talking and he just said, dude, how about cat and mouse? <laughs> I went silent because I'm like, Dean, don't tease me, dude. Are you serious? And he's like, yeah, man, let's do it. And I'm like, dude, don't tease me because I thought we were doing this other thing. Right. And we hadn't done a whole lot of it. We'd done a couple of couple pages. And, and I'm like, Dean, don't do that, man. And so literally that night we made the decision. Let's move forward. Let's do it. And, and, and of course, Dean reached out to Barb and. Barb's like, man, I'm on. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting an all-star team. How can this happen? And it just kind of fell into place. Why, why do I sense the the conversation between you and Dean actually went, dude, dude, dude? 
dude. 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 Very close. There were there are Yeah. Yeah. It also gave a chance for um, an old Ultraverse team, uh, Malibu Comics team, to get back together. We're all alumni from from uh, Malibu. Work together. Yep. And our missing our missing teammate, who's not here tonight, because he's out on the on the West Coast, and it's still like. 5 a.m. Five, not 5 a.m. 5 p.m. or whatever time it is out there is uh, also an old uh, ultraverse guy, or, or I should say, an old Malibu guy. He was uh, a part of the coloring department at, at Malibu, so he colored uh, untold pages of uh, ultraverse books and probably even some of the protectors' books and things like that. So um, we've all got that 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 cool Malibu connection. So and that's cool. A- Oh, I'm sorry. No, as, an aside, as an aside, this is the 25th uh, anniversary of Mal, or is it 30 year uh, anniversary for Mal? They're going to have a big get together at uh, San Diego Con this year. So, <laughs> another reason I wish I was at Comic Con. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, you're going, aren't you, Barb? I am, and uh, yeah. specifically for the uh, Malibu get together. Yeah, I went last year, and they didn't have a get together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the 29th year, not the 30th. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nobody cares about the 29th. That's true. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So, based on what Roland has just said, Dean, why cat? Why cat and mouse? Well, I'll give you a little history uh, about me and, and Roland. I was an aspiring artist back in the day. This is sort of in the early nineties and. Uh, 92, and I was actually putting together samples to send uh, to Marvel, DC, and various companies. And uh, Roland walks into the copy store at the time, and he goes, dude, did you draw those? I'm like, yeah, I think they were Spider-Man pages, actually. And uh, I said, yeah. And he goes, you know, I, I just got hired as an editor. I'm moving out to uh, the West Coast to edit at Malibu. I was like, you're kidding me. I'm like, no. It's like, please take these. He goes, oh, I will. Um, and we were in a small town in Mississippi at the time. So the odds of that happening yep. were just astronomical. Uh, so uh, that being said, he gave me my first break uh, as far as full-color superhero comics, you know. Um, and we'd stayed in touch over the years. Uh, um, but we'd all done different things and, and moved on, but but still just had that that drive, that passion for drawing comic books and, and creating comic books. Uh, and uh, reconnected with Roland recently, and and we had a project in mind, and it's still there. I mean, we've got we've got an archive of things, really. Um, but the reason for Cat and Mouse was I always liked it. Um, I always thought it was it was a cool idea. I love the name; it's catchy, it's unforgettable. And 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 the other thing was I thought you know if Roland and I are going to come back and we're going to bring the band back together, so to speak. It needs to be with something that is already there, even if it's in the subconscious, you know, uh, uh, of the comic book world. And then it's in the past and, and there's there's that vintage feel to it. And I just wanted to take a crack at that world, you know, because Roland's world, the cat and mouse world is, is, is a quirky place. And there's all these interesting characters that go beyond just cat and mouse, as we know. I mean, you have all the supporting cast. I love all the, all the characters in the, in the story. All of the fact takes place in New Orleans. Yes. And once we started talking about how we were going to breathe new life into it, how 
how we were going to invigorate this concept and not just redo something from 30 years ago, but actually, I'm not going to use reimagine. I'm not going to do that. Everybody <laughs> does that. I'm going to use reinvigorate. Okay. But, uh, you know, bring this thing to life in a new way, you know, for a new audience. There are people who are like, you know, weren't even born back then. I mean, it's just, that's goes without saying. So, um, I love the idea of bringing the world up to the day from New Orleans to it. So New Orleans said, how do you feel about adding some voodoo in, mm. into this? Some stupid 70s. I really loved sci-fi and horror comic because they were like, and I love and stuff like that. And, uh, and hang on. Okay. Um, I felt it would be cool to do something that brought back all the elements of what I loved about drawing comics content wise. And it seemed to have everything in it. It had, you know, the main characters, young superheroes. It had the environment was right. The villain was right. The supporting cast was right. And I've worked with Roland and we get along. And, uh, you know, as an editor goes, he's not a bad guy. You know, usually the editor is kind of in my way most of the time. You know, See, that's what I'm talking art. about. <laughs> and they were just getting in the way. I'm like, dude, this needs to be a splash page. Just time for a splash page. No, we've got to make it a talking heads page. No, no, we need something big. People don't buy comics. Okay, okay, editor, shut, you know, mouth, uh, ears, ears covered for a moment. People don't buy comics because of the backgrounds. They buy comics because of the characters, the action, the compelling fight scenes or whatever. And so I would always try to interject a little bit more fireworks into pages. And it's kind of an uphill battle sometimes, you know, because mainly because it became a power play with some of the folks at, 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 at Marvel DC and other, not Marvel, but DC and Dark Horse. But with Roland, we could always communicate. And so it was it was a good match uh, conceptually, creatively and content wise. So uh, short answer I thought it'd be cool. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Thanks. Of course, this is the one comic book that has its own roller coaster. <laughs> Splash page in every page. <laughs> John Byrne did that, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I'm gonna I'm gonna push for you know a special issue where we do everything's a splash page, and then maybe an issue where we turn it on its side and go horizontal. Oh Remember no! All- no. <laughs> no side. I just got through right. reading some Cerebus, and I haven't had to turn it sideways. <laughs> yeah, I just read a book that went sideways too. I forget what one. Yeah, the just today. Remember those guys? The the serendipitous thing about these guys coming to me um, was I had just been in New Orleans about two months before they brought the book to me. I'd gone to Mardi Gras down there, and they said we want to do a book set in New Orleans. I'm like, I am so there because I love that city. It's yeah. just such. It's got its own. It's its own world, and yeah. to bring it to the pages of a comic book is well, you don't see it very often. For one thing, it's, no, it's you a, don't. you're always in Gotham, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I used to live uh, six hours north of New Orleans, up in Shreveport. Ah, so very cool. The, that, that could be some a, of the some of the worst uh, some of the worst interstates in the nation <laughs> run uh, from Shreveport to Monroe. Yeah, it's, it's Highway Interstate uh, Ten, isn't it? Twenty. Or is it twenty? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah. Some of the worst interstates I've ever been on. Yeah. You you obviously haven't driven much up here in Massachusetts. They're just as bad. No, I, I will say I they are just as bad. You know, here's the thing I'll have to say. 
uh, I don't think, with very few exceptions, like fly into New York, go to the Marvel headquarters, fly out, fly into Philly, went to a show there, fly out. I've not really been north of the Mason-Dixon line. Oh, really? <laughs> really, yep. <laughs> yep. I keep I trying to get myself down. Well, I have been to California, yeah. I keep trying to get myself invited to uh, these shows up north, and I'm still working on that. So, so hopefully, I'll start making some. Hopefully, I'll start making some appearances in like you know places like Ohio or Indiana or uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> we'll have to make that happen. That would be fun. We have connections with people be- in Ohio, so but we'll have to. Well. You you got a team right here with a new book coming out. We would love to come to Ohio and promote the book. We we will send our feelers out to our sister show, Geek Watch One, who are up in the Akron Kent area. And see, here's the cool thing about us kind of having control of this. We uh-huh. could do a special limited edition version of the comic just for the show. Oh, that's cool. It's that oh, easy to do. That is, yeah, yeah, that is cool. Yep. See, we have the power. Promoter. He's like he, he he's like the uh, the greatest show on earth guy. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> oh, like that's why you drive the promotion bus. It's awesome. Well, I, I'm not going to start singing though. I guess my <laughs> next question is: Does this mean that Roland is masterminding a return of Malibu Comics? And this is the start. Yeah. Oh, that old saw. Yeah, that one comes up a lot. Wouldn't that be cool? Though? I mean, that's awesome. You know, there's some there's some titles that can that are are ripe for a comeback. Yeah, I I, I think they are. I agree. And I think you know we we talked a little about me and Barb and Dean talked a little bit about numbers uh, before getting on with you guys. Uh, and, and even though the mainstream comics are hurting right now as far as sales, you know, independent comics are, are as far as independent comics go, they're doing fairly well. Um, you can see them. You can see them do well in Kickstarters. You can see them do well at, at conventions. Uh, you, you see a lot of a lot of folks selling their independent comics at conventions and doing okay. Um, you know that doesn't necessarily bode well for a lot of comic shops because it kind of bypasses them sometimes. Right. But uh, there's a lot of variety out right now in the independent comic comic market, and and so if you just like comic books, um, it's a great time to find something that's not. Spider-Man or Batman. True. And there's a lot of good ones, too. Yeah, exactly. Not that there's anything wrong with Spider-Man or Batman. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying that there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of options out today, certainly more so than there there were, you know, 10 years ago. Also, a very untapped market out there that I think that a lot of people are missing, and that's the female market. Uh, Yep. Absolutely. Oh, de- yeah, definitely. You would not believe how much women will spend for the things that they love in mm. fandom. They will, though, they shell out more money than you can possibly imagine for comic books that they like, for merchandise that they like. Um, a very, very good example is um, uh, Archive of Your Own, of our own. It's it's a, it's a fan fiction site, mostly uh, writings done by women, about 90, 95% of the writing is done by women. And it's a huge 
uh, repository of comic book stories too. It's comic book fan fiction, and it's it's independently run. It's privately run, and so they have to do a drive every year to round up enough money to keep the servers going. They just finished their latest drive, and they do this about once or twice a year. They round up 130,000 plus in less than a week. This is from women who are willing to spend the money to get stories that they want to read. Yeah, that's serious yeah. cash. Uh, yeah, it is. You, uh, well, I think part of it's a fairly recent uh, phenomenon because I remember I'm in my mid 40s and I remember when I was a kid that women didn't do that kind of thing or girls that like comics. They were always with the Barbies and things like that. They just flew under the radar. They were there. Trust me. <laughs> They're becoming more vocal and out there. If you hang out on Tumblr, there's a massive uh, comic fan community out there. This this whole uh, Avengers Infinity War, it's just exploded Tumblr. And it's all women. Well, it, it's funny because, I mean, when we were all young, it was uh, it was not as cool to be into comics and stuff. Right. F- just for the just for the boys. So, of course, if you were a girl, it because would be. Yeah. Exactly. It would be even worse. And that's one of the things I like about Cat and Mouse is that there's a very, very strong female protagonist on this. Uh, she's she's a wonderful, strong character. She Actually, she's a better martial artist than the, than the guy. And I'm hoping it really appeals to a variety of, uh, of genders and uh, races, so... And you know what's funny about that? So when I when I first wrote Cat and Mouse, um, I will be honest with you, that is that was the furthest thing from my mind because I was always, you know, I need an interesting character here. Well, we just happened to – I don't know if any – if uh, Dean and Barb probably remember this, but you guys remember a show called Moonlighting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So so there was a little bit of moonlighting in Cat and Mouse when it, when it was first launched. That was the idea behind it. Now, we quickly went away from it, uh, but but initially there was a little bit of that idea, you know, cat and the mouse, cat chases the mouse. There's a little bit of, a little bit of that going on. Uh, and I just wanted interesting characters. So she had to be uh, a strong character for him to interact with, right? Yes, they were going to fight. They were going to be bad guys and that kind of stuff, but she had to be equally bad. I never considered that, oh, she's a female, so she has to be you know, a strong female character, or he's male, so he has to be a strong male character. It's like, no, these are the leads of the story, and they both have to be equally interesting. And um, not- yeah, and I, I mean, for, for if, if anybody – remembers it um mouse had the lead uh for the set basically the second half of mm-hmm. the series run it was all her because uh cat was uh put in a hospital and in a coma and so literally it was her story as he was in now, now demon was a, a part of that story as well but she was she was the lead as cat was in the hospital trying not to die yeah and don't i mean i like the strong female characters don't don't make a mistake about that but i also like a strong and handsome male <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's one reason that uh, just I used model sheets uh, of existing, uh, you know, of celebrities, but also of just random people, uh, you know, that 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 I think fit the character. And um, part of the inspiration for Cat in this case was Tom Cruise, <clears throat> in that sense, but uh, obviously much younger version. But um, <laughs> although you know, I mean, dude, dude looks about like he did, you know, thirty years ago. It's really crazy. I think he sleeps in a yeah, chamber or something. But um, but uh, as far as for Bobby, that was really important to me because I want you know she's 
she's got that Latina Hispanic look, but I, I also, you know, so there's a Jessica Alba feel to her a little bit. Um, but I really, the vibe for her was, uh, and you, you guys are all comic geeks, so you'll know exactly where I'm coming from. The vibe for her was Eric Draven of The Crow. Uh, yeah, I wanted yeah. that, that passionate, like punk rock sort of underground. Yeah. I just really, I'm, I'm my own person. Nobody tells me what to do. I do what I want. This is how I look and, and, you know, like it or lump it, whatever. I wanted that that passion underneath her. I wanted it to show, and I wanted her to be bold. And 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 so in the first issue, I made it a point um, for her to really stand out. She she has qualities visually, visual cues um, that let you know what her personality is beyond just the punk haircut and the purple swash, you know, on the front. But uh, you know, uh, she's got these uh, makeup tears on her face and. Uh, they're just uh, her body language, facial expressions, and attitude, which I, I will also include more of as as the story progresses, because it's gonna get it's gonna get darker, and and it's gonna have those elements. She's she's street hard, you know, without giving anything away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, she's street hard. So and and that, I think that has to be reflected in in you know, the story, obviously, but in the visuals, she she's street hard, and and she she needs to look it. So and yeah. and she does, of course, but right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I, let me be quick to add. When he says it's going to get darker, uh, we're, we're, it, the, the, the theme itself, I think, is is, is pretty dark. But uh, yeah. it's not it's not going to get it's not going to get darker. Where oh no, I can't suddenly I can't let my 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 ten year old nephew read this. No no no. Uh, <laughs> we're 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 kind of shooting for the idea that you know the comics code doesn't exist anymore. But uh, we're trying to kind of shoot for the idea that okay, if the comic code still existed, we would want to make sure we would get the code slapped on it because uh, we want it to be accessible uh, to to as many as possible. And one of the examples I, I try to use is like, and you guys will know this, uh, Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny is, is you know is one of the, the the most brilliant cartoons ever around. You can watch it as a kid and appreciate it. You can watch it as an adult and go ah. See what you did there, <laughs> you know. SpongeBob is right. that way too, but I don't know if any of y'all have seen SpongeBob. Um, so that that's kind of what we want to do. And you know, the, a lot of the old comics were that way. A lot of the comics from the uh, certainly from the seventies and eighties were that that way as well. You could read them, and they were they were kind of layered. You could give them to your you know your eight-year-old, nine-year-old nephews and nieces and not really worry about anything, but you knew, oh, okay, I read that. Yeah, okay, I get what's happening there. So that's kind of what we want to do with this. Well, it's got that that dark subject matter in terms of the human trafficking angle, you know? Um, But when I say dark, I mean that in in itself. But also, you know, I look at it more uh, like, you know, the James Bond movies are PG-13. And they range anywhere from, you know, Moonraker and Live and Let Die to Casino Royale, you know. And so you've got a range, but they're all still, you know, watchable with just about everybody, you know, with, with some exceptions, maybe some scenes that are a little bit uncomfortable every now and then. Especially in Casino Royale, but I mean, you know, overall, the Bond films, being the most successful, one of the most successful franchises, I think they still are. Um, you know, they kept that PG thirteen, and that's one of the reasons that they were so successful. It was just just enough danger, but it didn't delve so much into darkness that it it's off putting to the right. the story we're trying to tell. Yeah. Uh- 
is that uh, important to you, Roland? Because I know that you've uh, spoken about that as well. And when we've interviewed you before about kind of having everybody be able to read read the comics that you put out. Yeah, it is. It's important to me because, um, you know, I guess as a parent, um, you know, I never wanted to I, I never want somebody to say, oh, no, I have this comic, but you can't read it because you're not old enough. Um, I, I want, I, I, you know, I want you to be able to take your comic, and if your nephew comes over, go, oh yeah, you can read that comic. It's pretty cool, right? I, w- I want you to be able to do that. I want you to be able to share that, and I, I won't chase this rabbit too long. But I think one of the biggest problems we have in comics today is that we're not building new readers. We we we've completely neglected a younger reader. And while I'm not really targeting younger readers for this, I want it to be accessible to them so that if you love it, you can give it to your nephew and say, hey. You should read this. This is fun, you, you know. So yeah, it, it's it's important to me. So do you? Ha- so no. do you al- always? <laughs> do, <laughs> do you always uh, focus on on make on doing that when you're writing it, or do you just like do you ever write something to go? Mm, that might not be as reader friendly, or do you just let it kind of flow and? See what happens. Well, yeah. So, so in the creation process, I, I, I don't. I, I try to just let it go. All right. As as the creation process has happened, I, I try to just let it go. But I also believe that um, smart writers. I mean, again, let's go back to Bugs Bunny. Uh, smart writers are able to, to to find a way to say, okay, this is a little colorful, and I probably couldn't get away with this. But if I want all, if I want, you know, if I want all audiences to have access to it, how can I? How can I change it a little bit? How can I revise it some so that it is accessible to a, a, a wider audience? And again, I think a lot of it's about layering, right? Um, Bugs Bunny you can enjoy because it's layered. It's layered with the stuff that that's uh, the, the, the stuff that on top that all the kids can see and la- the wacky, uh, over the top, uh, physical slapsticky kind of, uh, of violence humor that kind of that, that's kind of the, the on the surface that everybody can kind of enjoy that. But if you can mm-hmm. layer that with something a little deeper. Like yes, and and I think you know, and I'm not saying that I'm I, I'm a smart writer. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm saying that I aspire <laughs> to be that. Um, that's the kind of thing that I want to do. That's the kind of thing that I try to do because I do really admire the writers who can do that. Because when I read that, I'm like, okay, I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to have this accessible to all ages. But I want the other, the 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 the, the more discerning reader to go. I see what you did there. That's kind of cool. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. The, it's, oh, yeah totally. it's the innuendo that's blatantly there, but kids are just naive enough to go, this is funny, right. but I don't understand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so for instance, um, Dean, have you read the, 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 what are the, the plot yet for number two? No, not okay. yet. So, so it's in, Dean, it's in Dean's hands. So, uh, so for instance, one of the things that's that, uh, uh, and I don't want to give too much away, but one of the things that uh, we're going to learn about Bobby is that she's abused. Right. And, uh, so we're going to see this in the second issue, but we're not going to see the abuse. We're going to, because we have a skilled, a skilled team of artists, they're going to be able to 
communicate that to you so that the, the, the kid can go, oh, no, he's going to hurt her. And the adult goes, yeah, I know what he did, you know, but the kid doesn't have to know that. The kid just needs to know that, that you know, he was mean. But the, be it the adult reading it can go, yeah, I know what happened there. And I don't right. like you, dude, you know. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. It does. It does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So lots of silhouettes, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's 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 uh, lots of stuff off panel. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I always I always liked the, the way that, that the, certainly Stan and Jack and Roy, Roy Thomas were able to do things um, that happened off panel. But you just knew, yeah. you know, you knew it because they told it in such a way and they let it the, – the, the images let it in such a way that you go, like, yeah, I know what happened there. I'm still a little bit <laughs> easy to ink, Dean, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, we got bar, bar and guys for some wets. <laughs> and I yeah. think it gives your readers more credit that they can understand that kind of thing as well instead of having to hit them over the, ham- over the head with a hammer with it. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. You don't want to have to put a caption and says, and it says, and by the way, dear reader, she was sexually abused. Right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Here's the thing. We've we've got a mainstreamer uh, uh, at Marvel people and rips them apart with claw character for a long time. Most of the books he appeared in, and most of the books he's in, you never see him really killing people on screen. You know, Wolverine, right? I mean, oh, okay. Wolverine's necessarily a, you know, like a superhero necessarily. He's more of an anti-hero, but you know, it always fascinated me how popular he was when you sit back and think about who he is and what he does. And a lot of that is the testament of the writers and the artists who've done the better of the Wolverine stories. They did what Roland's talking about very well, I think. Yeah. Someone new has joined the chat. <laughs> oh! <laughs> A lucky black cat. <laughs> she That's got right. familiar. Oh, no. <laughs> I have two black cats myself. She's the princess. Oh. You weren't lying about the voodoo. <laughs> See? She's playing. So getting back to the Kickstarter, what are some of the different um, rewards that you guys have offering? So the basic, uh, the basic reward obviously is the book, right? Um, if you just if you just want to get in and say, you know what, I, I don't have a whole lot of cash, but I'd kind of like to get the book. Um, that's kind of the basic level. The one we're shooting, you know, the the kind of the 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 main one. Your know, Kickstarter says the, the like the twenty 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 five dollar range is the most popular range on Kickstarter. So our twenty dollar uh, pledge gets you the book, but it's signed by uh, get sign. We have a signed book plate signed by all four of us, so you get the entire team. And, you know, I, I, I told you guys, you know, offline is that we're scattered across the country. So right. unless you're a, a con traveling person, it's going to be hard to get all four of us at any one show. Uh, you know, I actually thought we were in four time zones, but I found out that Barb's actually in Central and not Mountain. Um, but, you know, Kevin's in California, Barb's in Kansas, Dean's in, in Arkansas. I'm, and I, I'm in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Why did I think, why did I say Kansas? I don't know. Were you in Kansas for a while? Never been in Kansas. Why did I think Kansas? I, I was thinking Kansas. Did you go to Kansas City Comic Con? No. <laughs> okay. So, you know what? And that just flew over my head, too, because you we were earlier talking about Cap City, and you're like, they're just down the road. I know that they're in Wisconsin, and they're in Madison, where yeah, they were. City Distribution used to be just down the road. Uh, Love that. So anyways, so Madison or Wisconsin is still a long way from anybody else. They're, she's way up north. So, And I'm in Florida. So 
Um, and then, of course, we've got some um, uh, we've got some of the the higher end, right? So uh, you, there's a couple of pages from uh, original pages that you get from Dean. Get some pencils here. Um, one of the things I haven't approached Barb on yet, which uh, I will do soon. Maybe I can get a page or two from her to oh, yeah. put on here, so we can get uh, some inks on there. But we had a couple of a uh, couple of our artist friends uh, give us some stuff to uh, to give away. Um, see, the Jerry Bingham commission is already gone. Uh, not a commission. I'm sorry. The Jerry Bingham piece of art is already gone. Uh, Bill Mouse had a piece of art. It's already gone. But we still have uh, a piece of art by Kevin West. Uh, who is a very popular artist. Um, We still have a piece of art by um, Timothy – what's that? I think Kevin. Yep. Uh, we have a piece of art by Mitch Faust, a very popular fantasy uh, fantasy artist. He did a really nice mouse. Uh, and we have a uh, still have a piece of original art from uh, Tim Lim, who is um, if you if you follow it all, he's been making waves over the, like the last year. He did. Um, um, my hero Macadamia, Macadamia, whatever it is, something like that, uh, from Antarctic Press, uh, just recently, and he also did um, the book called Thump, which is about a, a, a rabbit that goes into the White House, um, which is which is you know making all kinds of stuff. So, and I think that there's still let me let me see, there's still a level. Oh, if you're an inker, here's an excellent chance to pledge to spend um, and get a critique from Barb. You get to send her some of your pages. She'll look them over and spend some time with you on the phone critiquing your inking work so that you can improve as a, a an inker. Same thing for coloring. Uh, Kevin has offered his time as well. Uh, you can send – if you're interested in coloring, you can send pages to, to Kevin, and he will critique your coloring, spend time on the phone with him. Um, there are still commissions left from Dean, so if you need uh, a headshot of your role-playing character, uh, you can uh, get Dean to do, or you know, he can do a Batman for you. Dean loves to do Batman. Um, so let's see here. I think that kind of hits the the highlight of them. So yeah, so there's um, th- there's still something. Oh, the cover is still available too. I think. I think um, I'm ready. Ah, see, look, that's a that's a beautiful page. I think I this is one I'll donate. One of them. Yay! Oh, wow. That's the awesome. page. See, and here's my problem with wow. getting the art from these guys, okay? And if you can like awesome. mute, mute them for just a minute so they can't hear this. <laughs> I think they say, you know, here, you can do these pages. And I'm like, man, I really want this page. It's beautiful. But I'm like, no, okay, I can't do it. I have to put it up for, for Kickstarter because that's what it's all about. But I look at it and I just go, golly, I would love to, I would love to own this page. So, <laughs> And there are great prices too, only 50 bucks to get the, the critiques. So it's uh, really yep. good. They really are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not committing Barb or Kevin to it at all, but you know, you get them on the phone and you start talking about your artwork, you're going to get more than 15 minutes. You know, you, you start getting into the critique and you're going to, unless you're just a jerk, which, you know, it's not going to happen, but you're going to get more than 15 minutes. So Unless they got to take yeah, a stupid class. Deals. What's that? Unless they got to take a stupid class. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... I, I think those are some. Uh, I think those are some pretty sweet rewards. And quite honestly, I, I don't know that I've ever seen rewards like that on the Kickstarter for before. Where if you're an artist, you can get a professional inker to look over your work and give you pointers. Yeah, um, right. I, I just, you yeah, know, I, I don't. Cool. I don't think I've seen that before. I'm not saying it hadn't happened. I'm just saying that I haven't seen it before. I like that uh, graphite edition too for 25 bucks. Yeah, yep. looks 
that's really cool. Well, thanks. Uh, I, I had a lot of input on that. I told Roland, I said, you know, I want people to see the inks, but I also want people to see the pencils because there's something about graphite as a penciler that, that I, I, I just love seeing that raw drawing, and I think a lot of people do. And I don't know yeah. if Roland was even aware that uh, a lot of the big names do that now. They'll reissue their their books, you know, just in, in pencil. I was and, oblivious uh, to it. Once, yeah, yeah. Once, yeah. once I called his attention. Barb, same thing. Yeah. Was like, I, I, didn't, we, I didn't even know it existed. Oh, yeah. And he said, he said, Roland, Google uh, a Batman Hush uh, uh, something edition. I forget exactly what it was. Unwrap. Unwrapped, yeah, unwrapped. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I did. I'm like, holy crap! I didn't even know this was a thing, right? The entire book, just pencils. I mean, pencils and lettered, so you still get to read it. But like, okay. And of course, Marvel is really cool. It is cool. Of course, Marvel and DC have done director's cuts where you get instead an odd even page. Everything on the right side is the drawings, whether it's full color or partial. You know, whereas they go strip it down from the color down to the pencil, and then the other side is the script. Oh, that's kind of cool. With all the notes as well. That's kind of cool. I've got a couple of those. Huh. Well, another thing I, I want to suggest, and let's see what you guys think of this, is when we do the graphic novel, um, what I typically do uh, as I get you know prepared to draw a page, I'll, I'll do a lot of thumbnail uh, sketches and layouts that are rough, but you can tell what's going on. And I'll also sometimes uh, go off on design tangents where I'll do several different versions of a new character or a new costume or a setting even. Uh, and I want to include a lot. I'm keeping a lot of this so that we can include some making of artwork, you know, in the final graphic novel of, you know, that collects everything. Are you up for that, Roland? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I think that's a, I think that's a nice extra thing to, to have, uh, particularly for those you know who back the Kickstarter. You know, oh look, here's something extra for you. Yeah. Almost like an issue. I know Dark Horse did this a lot. An issue zero, where after yeah. the run was yeah. over, they come back out and go issue. I know Dark Horse did it with um, with the Star Wars comic taking uh, Lucas's original script uh, as what a uh, 10 issue book something like that 10 or 12 issue book yeah, was, and then at, yeah, and then at the and then at the end they released an issue zero which had all the concept sketches uh, how you know they took their ideas from the Macquarie ideas and other notes and whatnot talking about the behind the scenes for the book right yeah yeah I, me personally I, I would love to see a lot of the concept art you know development and how it went from this to the final product yeah I've got uh, I've got all of that in a folder you, you can ask Dean anytime he sends me something I say dude send me a high res ver- version of this right oh, he yeah. just sends me like a this little 72 DPI I mean I appreciate it don't, get, yeah. don't, don't mishear me now he sends me this little you know I open it up as 72 DPI and I'm like oh this looks really good and I email him back dude I need a high resolution version of this right he's like okay yeah. I'll get to that when I get home man right but I'm always at Barb too you can ask her Barb man I need this and I need this on high res right so I'm like oh there's, there's rolling again asking for a high res stuff <laughs> I'm an absolute sucker for before and afters because I, I analyze them to death. Uh, yep. Yeah. I love it's, to see that. It's fun now to see how to see the process 
and, and uh, how it goes from start to finished product. It's part of the fun, I think, now. I think so, too. No. It's kind of like pictures on a Blu-ray or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Yeah, exactly. Deleted, yeah. deleted scenes, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I am a features junkie. <laughs> Oh man, me too. Um, so for yeah, for yeah. for Dean and Barbara, I, it, it sounds like y'all are very old school, wanting to do pencil to to paper, pencil to vellum, ink to vellum, or or paper. Do y'all delve into the the digital side of things at all? Uh, as for me, I keep it all old school. Although I I don't work on the originals anymore. I mean, like I did back in the nineties, um, and I like that in one respect, and that I get to keep all the pages now that I do. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. Dean will sketch them out and um, scan them in the Dropbox. I'll print them out on my end. I'll put them into uh, GIMP and blue line them, and then print them out on a Brother Pro, and then ink them. But when it comes to the inking part of it, I'm all old school. It's all done by hand. I The only thing I do digitally is when I scan it back in, I'll look to see if there's anything that the blue line or blue lines don't drop out sometimes. You do a threshold to drop the blue lines that are still there so that all that remains is blacks. But sometimes uh, it bleeds through a little bit. So I will digitally clean that up um, before I send them off. But that's about it. Uh-huh. I'm very old school. Cool. For me, um, it's very similar. Um, I do the initial drawing, you know, on, on Bristol and then I scan and then I will sometimes edit in uh, Photoshop um, and, uh, you know, which is mainly just clean up and enhancement or if there are, you know, uh, just highlights or something that I want to pop that's just pure white, I'll do that. But that's it. And then I'll send it on to Barb. But I have worked on projects where I scan it and color it um, digitally. So I, I can use Photoshop to that point where I can do a finished color piece in Photoshop. But it has a completely look um, because what I do in some of my drawings for other projects, I'll do a full range gray tone piece where I'll use a small stick. And it goes, you know, dark, dark, rich gray all the way to, you know, pure white page. And, and uh, you'll get the full gray tone effect. And then I'll lay what I call almost a digital gel on top of that of colors. Um, and, it, and it has its own almost heavy metal sort of look to it. And it it, it depends on the content that it's appropriate for. But, yes, I've, I've done a lot of digital work. But I prefer if I'm doing a, a comic book project like this, which is very much – um, a tribute to that that era of, of the comic books of the 90s, particularly, you know, Malibu and the Ultraverse. I wanted it to have that feel. So for the purposes of this project, I definitely wanted old school, you know, just old as much old school as possible. I draw it, scan it, put it in the box for Barb. Okay. Now, what what about you, Roland? Do you, uh, do you use a pen and paper or do you write on a computer or an old typewriter? Or, yeah. you know, thank or, you or for do, asking. Or do you dictate into your phone old school and new school stuff you know um okay so you're gonna actually laugh at this um i, I actually uh, okay so I, I do my uh let's see if i can actually show you uh, i do my um i do my plot obviously I, I type that in but when i uh when i have um the, when i get the pencils from dean uh because i'm still i'm still like old school marvel style and and this is the way we're doing we're doing this book in particular is that I, i've written a plot right so i, I basically give him 
you know, this page happens or these couple of pages, this is what happens. And then Dean just, you know, brings it to life. And then I get the pencils back from him. So I print those out and I make little lines. Here's a balloon could go here. A caption could go here. And then I try to kind of fill in uh, with, with what some of the characters are saying. But when I plotted out the second issue, this is this is my skeleton plot. Now, you can't read this, uh, you know, but this is my skeleton plot. I, I knew I knew what I wanted <laughs> to happen. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of block it out. OK, I want the, I, I only want to devote two pages to this and a couple of pages to this, uh, a couple of pages to this. Um, but uh, you will see that I actually print my pages out when I get them lettered in pencil huh. form. Right. So they're lettered with pencils because my eyes are – this is what I'm used to seeing. I'm used to seeing the letters go on to a pencil page before they get inked, right? So I, I have to kind of make that uh, adjustment. And, of course, then once they get um, colored, then I, I'll have to go back and make sure that nothing is really uh, you know, kind of nasty looking. So um, so I still I, – I do, I do use the computer, uh, but I do uh, – once I get Dean's pencils, I do actually go back in and draw little circles and things like that. But balloon guide is really what it is. Interesting. Uh, thank you for asking that. I appreciate that. I was feeling kind of left <laughs> out about the technology. <laughs> so I could tell. So who do you send, uh, Dean any kind of drawings or like kind of what you like sketches of what you want to have like in a panel or in a scene or anything like that? No. So here's here's the beauty. Uh, Dean touched on this earlier uh, because we did work together uh, way back when, and we did kind of uh, we had a very you know very good working relationship. Ninety nine percent of the stuff. No, I just say, Dean, here's what's happening. Occasionally, I get this this idea in my head. For instance, uh, oh, Barb, would you hold that page back up, the one that you held up? So for instance, this page here, uh, I said, Dean, here's what I'm seeing on this page. How about a, a Jim Lee-style page? Okay. Now, if you were to call Jim Lee in the X-Men, it was, it was not unusual that when you turn the page, you would have a great big panel as Jim Lee introduced a new character into the scene, and they were seen from head to foot, right? Uh, and then you had panels over on the right-hand side. So it wasn't really a splash page per se, but you had one great big tall – thank you, Barb – one great big tall long panel with smaller panels on the side. I said, this is what I'm envisioning on this page is a Jim Lee-style page. And all I had to say is, hey, man, I'm seeing a Jim Lee-style page. And Dean says, man, I know exactly what you want. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that, I mean that's you know that's pretty much it. Okay. So well, the nice yeah. thing about the nice thing about uh, Roland's plot is, uh, and his approach to storytelling is, he knows that all he has to do really is give me a screenplay style version of the plot, which is just really character blocking, and <laughs> I need to get from point A to point D by the end of the page uh, or sequence of pages. And I'll just and lay it out myself. And I've done it. I've done so many pages now that I know it, I don't even consciously think about, OK, I want very varying camera angles. I want to close up on a medium shot on establishing shot. I want, you know, but that that just that just happens naturally. But the nice thing about Roland is he doesn't really have to micromanage any of the visualization at all. Um, and I, I like that a lot because it allows me a whole lot of freedom um, and like he has no idea sometimes what I'm gonna do. There was a there was a scene. I'll give you an example. There's a scene where uh, in the first issue where Cat he's not in costume yet, but it just as the character Brett is walking up to 
the mansion of the uh, villain of, of the piece. And really, the plot just said he, he walks up to the front door. I need him to be this far away for purposes of character blocking or whatever. And so I, he didn't know I was going to do this, but I immediately designed these two gigantic, creepy statues to put oh, yeah. in the, in the <laughs> courtyard, you know, and these, these gi- giant statues of, of a pan-like uh, creature holding a spear down at the character as he's oh, walking. Oh, Barb's up. got the pages. Look at them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. The creepy pan statues. So it's just... It's an example where uh-huh. Roland, and Roland's cool with that. You know, he doesn't freak out and go, "What, dude? That distracts from the character. Why are you doing that?" You know, he just he just rolls with it because he knows I'm gonna. He he might be writing the page, and and from a from a visual art direction standpoint, he might be writing a TV show scene. But in my head, it becomes a three hundred million million dollar movie. You know, he's just <laughs> yeah. he's that, you know, he's like, but, it's gonna be that budget because I think like that. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, why this is important to me because I, I I tend to think in terms of two pages, right? So so when you read a comic, right, except for page one, when you read a comic, you always see two pages at a time, right? right. So for me, usually the, the what's important is okay, this is the starting image on on, on uh, right here, and this is the ending image here, right? And then I'm like, okay, here's what here's here's where we start, and here's where we end. Dean, fill it in, right? <laughs> And so is, and this is for me as a writer. That's where I like to be able to say, okay, on these two pages, this is what happens. On these four pages, this is what happens. Here's the opening. Here's the closing, right? Because this way, it kind of gives me uh, 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 the able. I'm able to kind of control for the reader. I'm able to kind of control the pacing. Okay, here's you get these four pages, and this is what you get to to read on these four pages or these two pages. But then Dean determines how you uh, experience. Experience it visually, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I'm I'm getting really hyper geeky on that, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so, great. Right. A lot You're of uh, trust. company, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, since the topic of movie came up, okay, if we had this go movie or TV show, since DC just announced today as we're recording that Swamp Things coming to TV or their streaming Whoa. service. Oh, yeah. Who would y'all want to see cast in the cat and mouse universe for what roles? Mm. <sighs> you know, they tried to do this, what, back in the 90s? They tried to do it. Yes, oh, yes. right. It didn't work out. Uh, no, uh, and I still have copies of the really bad treatment that they did. They destroyed it. Uh, I mean, it was one thing. What's that? They wanted to move it to L.A. for one thing, right? No, no, no. Um, they had it in New Orleans, but but if you recall, the the big major nasty thing they did was um, they had underground tunnels in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, that's not possible. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, I, and I had this I had this conversation with them. And do you know what their response was? Yeah. Well, it's a comic. And I'm like, no. Yes, it's a comic. But no, 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 no. Do not take that approach with it. No, they no, also, no comic book fan Listen, would who, who knows New Orleans would accept that. This is why so, cemeteries are above ground. Uh, thank you. <laughs> they reversed the sexes and they made um, so cat was Catherine, right? K.A.T. So that was her nickname. And then um, 
And then the dude, basically, he was a millionaire philanthropist in New in New Orleans. And I'm like, that's Batman. I don't. It's not, it's not Batman. This is not Batman. And I, I just I got nowhere with it at all. They ignored me. They they did what they wanted to do, and, and that was one of those where I just said I had no power. I had I, there was nothing I could do, and so you know. Yeah. So part of me is really happy that it never got made because it would have been terrible. Um, you know, the, 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 there's all, also that little part of me that says, okay, well, if it had been made, but then no, I look at the bad shows that are made. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, so, yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen uh, because it was just terrible. It was just terrible, 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 and and they ignored me and everything I said, and it was very frustrating. Well, you know that's the challenge of Hollywood adaptation. Said the casting for me would would be as I mentioned earlier. You know, younger versions of Tom Cruise and Jessica. I mean, it's just you know whoever those people are today that are like in their late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Um, that's kind of. Did you ever see a Dark Angel with? with yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, okay. that, that's where the intro. That, that's kind of yes. That's where our show so, intro came was, was inspired from. So I'll okay, tell you a, well, a little bit of who I, I've thought about. Now that this 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 actress is not uh, she's not Latino, and they're and they're slightly older than than our, our cast. Um, but did you ever see Leverage, the television oh, yeah. show Leverage? Yeah. yeah and I, I don't know the actors uh, actors or actress's name, but the blonde who was the thief. Right? Oh yeah, and and the tough dude, the guy who had the 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 slightly long hair, who was the fighter. Those yeah. two are, are kind of, uh, you know, they kind of come to my mind slightly younger than them. But uh, the, the, if you'd asked me this 30 years ago, and, and please don't envision them as they are today, <laughs> but my 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 personal uh, choices for to play the characters Cat and Mouse back then were uh, Nick Nolte and uh, Meg Ryan. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Now, Interesting. They were they were much younger thirty years ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in the case of Meg Ryan, a lot less plastic surgery. A lot less plastic oh. surgery. And, and in, in the case of Nick Nolte, a lot a less lot, Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. <laughs> what, what about you, Although, Barbara? You know, Go ahead. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm not really familiar with the young crowd in the. Uh, Hollywood right now. I'm I'm stuck with the old crowd because I'm I'm uh, an old Say person it. myself. So <laughs> I uh, when I, I think of Hollywood, I, I think in terms of people like Chris Hemsworth and Robert Downey Jr. and and uh, those those guys. So I'm not really familiar with the with the real young crowd. Now, what, do you what, guys watch? Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, roughly, how old would you be targeting Cat at now? Like twenty, twenty one. So Cat's Cat is right at when the story starts. He's right at eighteen. He's uh, he's fresh out of high school. Uh, does the police academy over the course of the summer, and so he's eighteen, maybe nineteen. Uh, and she's a little bit younger than that. She's pro- she's sixteen, seventeen. I suppose if you talk to a crowd who watches Teen Wolf, they'd be able to tell you exactly who they would want. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say know, for for Mouse, I, I only know this person because my daughter watches Jesse and Bunked, and she was one of the stars of it. It's Peyton List, even though she's twenty or you know just turned like twenty twenty two at most. She's still young enough to look 
16, 18-ish. I don't even know who that is. Like I said, I have an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> it's a show, show on Disney. <laughs> I don't guess I've ever seen her in anything. I don't recognize her at all. She's primarily a Disney Channel star. Ah, uh, well, there you uh, go. Yeah. Like I said, I got an eight-year-old. She watches yeah. Disney oh, yeah. Channel oh, yeah. quite yeah. a bit. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I did Disney Channel, you, you know, 10 years ago. Cat, I have no clue who I cast, but... Yeah, I'd have to spend some time, uh, you know, I haven't gotten there. I'd have to spend some time kind of looking around to seeing kind of who, uh, you know, who's who they're kind of the, the actors and actresses today are that Mike could, could fit these roles. And I really haven't done any of that at all, but I would have to spend some time kind of looking around. That's what Google's for. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and TMZ. Yeah, exactly. Well, Peyton List. Peyton List played uh, Poison Ivy on Gotham for oh, a little while. Oh, okay. All right. Is she? All yeah. Right. She was the uh, second yeah. incarnation of Poison Ivy. Is that yeah. when they aged her? She started yes. younger than they aged her? Yeah. 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 Okay, I watched that show. Definitely. <laughs> also, also, she's from Boston, so I'm sold. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, with, with Barbara, I've seen that you had done in the past a lot of inks for various people. Who were some of the favorite uh, pencilers or artists that you did inks for? Well, uh, outside of outside of Dean. Of Dean, I <laughs> a nightman. Um, I've worked. With, That's just a given. Yeah, I've uh, I've worked with. Um, oh gosh, you're gonna put me at Howard Porter, um, mm. Ethan Van yes. Cyber, uh, Ivan Reese. Um, ah. <laughs> I have a, I have a, a wonderful Wonder Woman piece over him. That's really stunning. That's uh, oh, awesome. Um, you're going to make me try to think on the spot here and I'm going to embarrass myself. There's so many. I, I, I used to do all through the nineties. I did two books a month and, um, trading cards and covers. So they kind of all blurred together after a while. Yeah. It, Ethan's been one of my favorites. Um, he was one of the first interviews we did at, at a convention. And that's when I decided, China oh, that's po- cool. Um, it was MegaCon 2013. So wow. the show was just barely. We launched first episode in November 12. I, so. I spent I spent almost three years on Impulse for DC, and I so I inked over Craig Russo and Ethan Van Skyver for both of them. Yeah. For all oh, wow. um, did you ever eat, did you ever eat Paul no. no no I happen to get a an actual page that is I, I guess he called it a like a garbage page I'm not sure what the proper term is it's where he he had made a mistake or was told to go a different direction so he didn't finish it and, it, and it's a it's a key page it's one of the key pages from rebirth from the rebirth book oh my god wow and um and i have it and he goes now if you want like you can see where batman was starting to be sketched out and he goes now if he and he was just he goes i was gonna trash these but i figured i'll give them away here on facebook and i can't, my name I can't got, remember him doing that and my name got he picked my name for that particular page he goes now don't ask me to finish it because I'm not. That's why I'm giving it away. But if you want, I'm like, <laughs> me personally, I'm like, nope, I'm leaving it like this because this is the way you left it and this is a rarity and I like it just as That's it is. Cool. I, 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 I've always loved this stuff. I, have, I still have two Ethan Van Skyver pages left from, uh, from Impulse and those I, I won't sell. 
there's I've sold almost all of my pages from the 90s, but there's just a few of them I hang on to yet. Yeah, that was a great comic. So I'm sure I've seen your work because I love love the the character, and I'm kind of yeah. bummed that he's not uh, in Rebirth yet. I'm hoping that I'll bring him along sometime. I have a soft spot in my heart for him. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> my boy. Yeah, yeah. Can't <laughs> years, he had not fallen in love with him, you know. <laughs> Would you work with uh, Rags Morales on? I loved his work on uh, Identity Jack Crisis. Black, yep, Rags Morales on Jack on Black Blade. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh God, you can put me on There's, you can just throw out names and I'll say yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm looking at your uh, list here on the uh, Kickstarter page. You have uh, Craig Rousseau, uh, Dean Zachary, Rick Hoberg, Ivan yep. Reese, Rick! Howard, <laughs> oh, yeah. Joyce Chin, and Ed Bennis. Ed Bennis, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love him. Now, I'm also going to now pose the same question to Dean. Outside of Cat and Mouse, what's been some of the favorite titles that you've, you've worked on or favorite issues? Um, I really enjoyed uh, uh, drawing the uh, Batman Day of Judgment. Uh, I had the uh, good fortune to have Sal Bashima ink over me. Oh, wow. And, oh, wow. Yeah, that was, that was really cool. And uh, uh, I loved seeing Terry Austin ink over me as well because um, he inked over one of my inspirations when I was a kid was uh, John Byrne. Um, and uh, let's see, Pro, uh, Green Lantern was fun. Uh, I liked doing Star Wars and Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I did an issue of that for Dark Horse. Uh, obviously, The Nightman was a great run because I loved working Working with uh, Steve Englehart and all all the inkers that, that made me look good. Um, but what was nice about Nightman and, and we we Steve and I were just getting to that point where we felt like we had a handle on where we were going to take him, and it had gotten a lot more supernatural, and that was giving the character um, a little bit more intense of a flavor than just being Malibu's Batman. You know, right. all of a sudden he became empowered um and then everything you know the floor fell out from under us at that point and we couldn't move forward but um yeah i'll let roland tell that story but i really enjoyed working on on, on nightman uh because i felt like I, I felt a sense of uh connection and ownership to it because it, it was it was the type of story i wanted to do the type of character i wanted to do a, a, a sort of dark knight avenger type of character because i was a batman fan since i was a kid um and, and i was looking forward to progressing and moving that forward wasn't meant to be but then that opened the door for other things like actually drawing batman which was very very cool um yeah. uh steve's yeah. one of my favorite writers oh, because yeah. of uh oh, west coast yeah. avengers absolutely absolutely i I look forward to working with with Roland again, just simply because as my editor, you know, he understood my sensibilities as as a creator and, and never fenced in or micromanaged, um, and that that's really important. So, you know, fondest memories really uh, were uh, DC and Malibu memories. You know, both those companies. I and and it, nothing against Marvel. It just the schedule never timed out. I never got to work for Marvel. I mean, the characters I'd love to do uh, would be like, you know, I think I'd fit daredevil really well uh or moon knight really well because i like the gritty street stuff but uh yeah uh really uh the malibu stuff i, I remember that fondly I, I they're can... a great company to work for too i mean they treated you well so did dc dc treated me really well yes yeah here. 
Yeah, Malibu was a very cool place. You know, we, we talked about that last time I was on here. But, and Malibu was just – they were an exceptional place at an exceptional time. Yeah. Uh, and it's just unfortunate that they were – that the company was so short-lived. It, yeah. If you want to hear that history, actually – Mighty Marvel Geeks, we, we covered a lot of that. Yes, we did. The good and the bad and the ugly. Yep. And and that was one of those cases you had to say, okay, Roland, we got to go. You have to stop talking now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Time constraints there. Playing off. We had time constraints. Orchestra starts playing. <laughs> you know, I kept wondering, it's like, why, why, why is my volume getting lower and lower and lower? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy no, Kimmel. Fun. <laughs> so, so I, I, guys, I, I don't. I'm not stopping the flow at all. I, I, so keep keep going. But just for a, a brief 10 second thing, I'm going to point out we are 129 dollars away from the goal as of right wow. now. Wow! And, and, and we're talking ju- what? Just over 24 hours from launch. Uh, yeah, just over 24 hours from launch. Wow. So as of podcast, right, as of recording time right now, uh, we launched, it's, I'm looking at my clock and it says 11 PM. We launched yesterday at noon. So 12, I can't do math. 24 plus 12 is what? No, 24 plus 11 is 35 hours. 35 hours. 35 hours. Yeah. So 35 hours at what? 98%. Yeah. We were talking about this before we jumped on here, uh, me and Dean and Barb, and we're just floored at how, how quickly it's gone. Excited. Right. But it just floored at how, how it's, it's really blown up just in the first day. And, And so now I'm scrambling to try to find out, okay, what can we do a stretch goal? Well, I already had kind of a little list of things, Well, but I didn't think, well, I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll start thinking about this in, you know, four or five days kind of thing. But it's like, holy crap, I got to start thinking about this now. So, a couple more pages I'll throw in, you know, stuff like that. Voicemail greetings. Yay. Voicemail <laughs> greetings. <laughs> well, hey, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know, well, Space Ghost does uh, Space Ghost does that here in all the local shows, and he'll he'll charge you. I don't remember exactly what it is, but so 20, you can get. I think it's, it's 20, like twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks, and he'll record your phone message. Space Ghost, you leave a message. <laughs> <laughs> well, really I have nice I, I have one thing to add to what you said, Roland. Okay, and that is, I happen to know for a fact that the uh, original art commission uh, reward is also out because uh, I happened to buy the last one. Oh, did you really? <laughs> I did, yeah. Okay. As we were speaking, yes. <laughs> okay. So, see, so you were one of those that made it made my my ticker go up just a little bit, huh? Yeah, oh, well, that's right. Well, thank it's you very much. I can sir. Do. <laughs> my pleasure. Very, very cool. Yes, I am looking. I am seriously looking at the graphite edition. Yeah, uh, same. <laughs> Going to be cool. Yeah, that's one thing I have to say about Dean's pencils is that I've I've worked on a lot of pencils over the years, and there are very few of them that uh, do graphite, I should say, um, as well as Dean. He's really he's really into the shading and the nuances of penciling. He, he really does wonderful sketches at conventions. I've seen his convention sketches on Facebook. Oh, my goodness, uh, yes. Yeah, and whoever purchases a, an original commission from him is definitely getting their money's worth. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Mm. It's a good thing I'm not Dean's agent because I, if I were a Dean, stop, stop, stop. You're spending too much time and not getting enough money, dude. Stop. stop. No, you're done. Move along. Yeah. 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 I've had, there's funny, funny stuff. I'll, I'll often be at conventions, you know, with colleagues. And one of the most common critiques I get while doing a convention sketch is like, I'll, they'll lean over and go, dude, dude, it's just a convention sketch. So you can stop. You, you're losing money right now. You're losing, you know. And, and and I won't tell you that is, but uh, and, and really uh, what they're telling him. So really what they're telling him is like, Dean, you're making the rest of us look bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens is the truth is like I, I zone out. You know, I completely zone out and go into the the drawing phase, and you know, it's like. I'm not thinking. Okay, this is just a convention sketch. I'm thinking. Oh, cool, another drawing. You know, so I'm just I'm just there and I'm just drawing. So in essence, other than the area that will be covered for for a particular uh, you know commission, it to me they're all a drawing and they have to be of a certain caliber. I don't think in terms of okay, this is real thing. This is a convention sketch. No, it's it's all it's all got my name on it. So it's all got to be as perfect as I can make it. So I'll do my best on the commission on that. So you need to. Uh, talk to George Perez. I have never seen anybody go through uh, sketches like he does, uh, what he can do with a Sharpie and a pencil. Oh, <laughs> he's just amazing. Well, George he's is such so a sweet guy anyway. He's just, yeah. we, we've been friends for a long, long time. In fact, we, we share the same wedding anniversary, date, year, everything. Wow. wow. Yeah, he sends his greetings every year for his that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. He and Mark Wolfman are the reason I got into comics with the Teen yep. Titans back yep. in the 80s. Yep. And that's the reason I read DC. I was not reading any DC comics until Marv Wolfman and George Perez, Teen Titans. And, and I'm going to. Uh, not I'm even gonna... Batman, Dean. What? Really? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not even blue, gray Batman. No, Yo, know, I read that. I didn't like it. But yeah, I, that did. but that was after, wasn't it? Wasn't that after the Teen Titans? No. Uh, well, uh, that was. I'm talking early 70s now. So the, you would have been blue, a kid. The ba- the blue and the gray, where Batman was in the Civil War. Batman. No, no, I'm talking. I'm talking. talking the, you're talking blue and the gray costume. Oh, yeah, the, See, you know that, Batman's costume when yes, it was blue and gray, was a, and it was yellow. Silly, silly, silly. There was a story called Batman Blue and Gray, right? Or Batman in the Blue, or Batman in the Gray, or something uh, like that. Story. In which you, it was set, set, art, in, man. set in the Civil War. Yeah. Okay, I got you. No, no, no. I'm talking just in general. Did you read any of the Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams? Stuff not, when that was not until yeah. later, okay. not until later, and those are good. Yes, but oh, yeah. but it wasn't it wasn't until uh, Marvin George got me moved over to the DC universe hear, a little bit. I hear. I think my first artist on Batman, I think, was Aparo. I think it was. Uh, oh was, yeah. yeah! Oh yeah! I remember Aparo stuff too. I was yeah, one of Justice League. Yeah, George. Yeah, George was the first. Oh, first guest ever on Weeby Geeks was Jimmy Mack from. Now, Rebel Force Radio is kind of a high, trying to help get that show help promoted since they had just left the Force cast to start that show. But the first industry industry guest I ever had, whether comic, TV, film, was George again at MegaCon 2013. Oh, we were wow. we were the only show he did an interview for. Wow! At a convention because normally he does not do interviews at conventions. Right for pot, it's um, 
we had my daughter at the YMCA daycare on Disney property and her and she was three at the time. Her three year old teacher um, is the southern regional um, head for Heroes Initiative. Ah, and is considered in George is considered her adoptive spiritual father. So Uh she's always working with him on everything. Um, Very cool. So when that final Marv and George um, Titans graphic novel came out, Mm -hmm. I got one the previous. I got one the the advanced copies and didn't realize it. Whoa! Very cool. So they had got they had gotten theirs before it was out to the public. I'm like. Yeah, this is I great. think George has always done the quintessential Donna Troy. So. <laughs> yes, I agree. And I, I agree. And my daughter actually owns a head sketch from George that we did because um, we ended up with ticket number one in his raffle or in his wow. with the raffle tickets. I was like, oh, well, lines already started. I know we can. And the nice thing with him, wherever you are, number wise, you cut the line. So they could be, I hold number one. They could be on 55. Get in line. What ticket do you have? I got one. Uh, yeah, you're next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's I mean, cool how he does that. Yeah. So he asked my daughter, who would you want? He goes, she goes, well, I really like Wonder Woman. And I really like Captain America, but I think I like Wonder Woman. Mo- I, I like Wonder Woman more. So he, he goes, let me see what I can do. So he starts in with a Wonder Woman sketch. And then snuck in a little bit of Captain America right behind her. <laughs> so she ha- she has a Wonder Woman cap, George Perez head sketch. Uh, that's awesome. And, and it's that's been one of her favorite moments. And then with down here with the hurricane, um, uh, with Irma that we got affected with during the hurricane while we still had power. She found on YouTube Kids, it's a an app on the on the tablets, a how to draw baby Groot and drew her own baby Groot, and that has come across the desk of George, uh, courtesy of of Tabitha. Oh, that is very she, cool. And um, yeah, and I, I'm gonna be a little biased, but my daughter draws a a pretty damn good uh, baby Groot. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, you'll be uh, having her on here before long. Quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> quite possibly. Dad, do I have to? Yes, come on. I need you as my guest. <laughs> we need to post some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys need to come up more north. We have uh, two uh, Comic-Cons here in Detroit. We've got the Motor City Comic-Con, and then they just uh, have a new one at Cobo Hall, the Michigan Comic-Con. Well, listen, I... I, I I, I, I'm going to be bold enough to speak for all of us here to say, get us invited. We are I, – I will, I will say this. We are probably some of the cheapest guests, guests you can get. You know, just get us there, right? <laughs> We're cheap dates. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I, like I said earlier, we have the power. We could do something, a special edition for the show, um, you know, maybe even a special print or something like that. You know, uh, yeah, get us invited. We would I, – I, I know I would. I would love to come up north because I've never done any shows up north. Uh, and this would be this. See, this would be a selling point for. I, I, have you ever been to uh, Dean or Barb? Have you all ever been to Detroit? 
not to Detroit. I went to Cleveland once for uh, somebody flew me out there for a show. Um, as long as they fly me out, put me up, and feed me, I'm good. So wait a minute. Detroit <laughs> is in Michigan. Cleveland is in Ohio. Yeah. So, so it could be the first appearance of all of us in the entire state. Right. Especially get you north of the Mason-Dixon line. Yes. So that's a selling point right there. That's a selling point. Yeah. First time ever yep. these creators have been in the entire state of Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> Got to turn it to Malibu North. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, Derek, we'll have to talk to Ken because he's got uh, Con on the Cob and uh, ties oh, with, yeah. uh, was it Akron Comic Con? Yeah. Um, he, I, he, so. I know he's associated, or he's got ties to one where they're in the Akron, Kent, Canton area where it's only comic related guests. No TV shows. Well, that's my kind of show, man. Well, that's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I, it I is, think, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> you don't see that anymore. Yeah. No, you don't. See, one of the best shows around here is the the Daytona Beach Comic Con. And um, I, I'm not going to say he, he does only comics guests, but uh, he had a wrestler in. But see, he also had the guy who did the wrestling comics. So he had the wrestler in that was associated with the comic. But, I mean, he was loaded with comic book guests. It was really, yeah. really refreshing to see. You, know, you walk in and you see, wow, look at all the comic book box. I mean, I will, I will say this. There were more comic – now, not last year. Beckon last year had more comic dealers than they had had in the last several years. But the prior year to that, uh, it was always easy for me to say Daytona Beach Comic Con um, has more comic book dealers than almost any any show locally kind of to this area. Uh, and there's some good shows. I mean yeah. I, I don't want to say that. There's some there's some good shows in the area, but that one is very, very heavy comics. You also got the one that uh, Mike's Comics, the guy who runs Mike's Comics – that he does what every does one Sunday every quarter something like that yeah yeah well we'll we'll talk about MegaCon after recording off air okay okay yeah yeah because yep. I've got some yeah <laughs> off air love to hear it yeah yeah I, I I've got some stuff to say too off uh, off the record <laughs> so um. So since Kickstarter, Yell's Kickstarter is almost at completion in yeah. le- in less than a week, less than a half a week, in less than in almost less, less two than, days, almost less than forty eight hours. Yeah, um, that's incredible. Yeah. Where where can people find the Kickstarter? Well, obviously Kickstarter. Um, you, <laughs> oh. you just, yeah, yeah. Go go to Kickstarter.com and then just uh, type in uh, you look in comics and then just look for Cat and Mouse number one. Um, but I also dare, dare say that Kickstarter cat and mouse and it'll come up. Yeah. Um, but I also dare say if you follow me or Barb or Dean, um, maybe Kevin, Kevin is not as, as, uh, 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 social media active as, as we are. Uh, you could probably fairly easily find us posting links cause I've been on them. Hey, post these links, post these links, post these links, um, so that we can, you know, we can get this stuff out there. So, um, I, I don't think it's hard to find, but yeah, just Google cat and mouse Kickstarter, uh, maybe even cat and mouse comic Kickstarter, something like that. It, it it's. It'll be pretty easy to find. 
Well, and maybe you can give them a link. We will throw a link into the show notes <laughs> and, and we'll push it ourselves. Cool. Thank you. Because who knows? Maybe there'll be a Weeby Geeks edition. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know, all I got to say is we have the power to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of y'all playing links, where can they find you guys online? Well, I'll go first. Yeah, okay. uh, go uh, yeah it's uh, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, you can find me on um, my website is www.rollandman.me. Uh, on Twitter, I am uh, – I got to type it in to see because I, I always make sure. I, I am Man Roland on Twitter, uh, and then at on Facebook, I am Roland Man Author. All right. For me, um, I am the only Barbara Kalberg on Facebook. Um, so – uh, there's actually only one other Barbara Kalberg in the world besides me, and that's my sister-in-law, and she's not on social media. So huh? um, so if you just type in on Facebook, if you type Barbara Kalberg, that's K-A-A-L-B-E-R-G, you'll find my uh, my uh, Facebook page. It's public. Um, if you Google Barbara Kalberg DeviantArt, you'll find my DeviantArt page, and it's got um, my resume, basically. It's got all my uh, art from past and present. Um, uh, if you Google my name, you come up with like 30 8,000 websites, so I, that's about it. Uh, for me, uh, Dean Zachary, Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, artist on Facebook. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Zachary underscore Dean. And, and uh, also just Google me and everything will pop up. Oh, at God. That point. I mean, I'm on Comic Vine and all these other comic-related sites, so that's awesome. it. Well, uh, you guys have any final thoughts before we let them go? Yeah, actually, um, I see this is going to be a four-issue series. Mm-hmm. If, if this goes well, are you guys plan on doing more? Uh, you mean beyond the four-issue series? Yes. So um, so I haven't checked with my art team, but uh, I will say this. If it goes well, I can't see any reason why we wouldn't do more. Well, let me pencil you in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. So we're we're having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, like I said, you know, we're we're we we have a shared we have a group uh, Facebook a Facebook group that the four of us uh, chatter uh, about back and forth. Sometimes it's about the books that we're doing. Sometimes it's just chatter. Uh, so it's not exactly a, a hangout, kind of like what we're doing here, but it kind of is because we all kind of find ourselves roughly online around the same time, like we you know after work and stuff like that. And so you know, you can tell that that you know Barb will be inking and then she'll pop on and. and toss off a couple of messages and then Dean will jump on and then, then I'll pop on and cop on. You know, it, it just, it just, it's it's um it's a lot of fun. It feels kind of like being in a studio, but not being in a studio. If that we'll makes things sense. like it does to me. Yeah, we'll de- we'll deconstruct movies. We'll talk yeah. about actors. We'll talk about art direction or books. Whatever strikes our fancy. Yep. Okay. So yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun. Well, I will say. Um, before I hit my final thoughts, it was announced this week. Hasbro has bought Power Rangers. I saw that. So, oh really? <laughs> who, yeah. who, knows, who knows where that can end up going next? 
Um, but I want to thank you guys for having us be the first podcast that y'all have come Absolutely. on to, to, to pitch this. Um, yep. I don't know if so, that says a lot about us or just very little <laughs> about other shows. Which or about your guys' taste? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, the, you know, the I, check I finally you, cleared. I dropped you a message first. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I dropped you a message first. I absolutely did um, because you know I, I I had so much fun talking with you guys and and. It's it's just it's almost like you know we're we're cousins getting together and hanging out and talking about comics and and it may be because you guys like the Malibu stuff so much that you know it, it endears us to you <laughs> because of that right but uh, no it's the very first podcast ever so is it really it is hey, all right Whoa. it's been a learning experience. I'll be prepared for questions next time <laughs> <laughs> right no. Well, the Roland must have failed when to tell you guys that, well, you know, we're like getting together at a convention, just sitting down at a meal or wherever and just chatting, just letting the conversation go. Nothing's prepared. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I was too busy. I was too not. busy trying to get them to 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 figure out how to get Skype on their computers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate you asking us and and having us actually, and uh, uh, it's been fun. Um, you know, uh, I hope we do this again. Yeah, you guys are great. Welcome anytime. Oh yeah. Yep, we will. I, you, you know, I'll let you certainly let you know once uh, once the, the the second issue comes around. Right. Because right. then, then we can talk about the first Kickstarter. You guys can talk about whether, you know, what happened in the books and stuff, whether you liked it or not. And you ask questions about the story that, of course, we won't answer because it would be spoiled. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanos demands your silence. <laughs> I went to a uh, book book signing by uh, Jim Butcher. He's one of my favorite writers, and he uh, people were asking him story questions about the story and stuff like that, and he couldn't tell them. And he said that it was like crack to writers when, when they when they could do that. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I get, we're almost done. It's like I could tell you, but then I'd have to. Oh, that's an interesting bottle there. I could tell you, oh. but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you, guys can, in your... if you can only hear my background over here. I, I hear a, a dog, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's one of two. Oh. <laughs> Both of them were starting at it. Um, well, I'm going to say that's going to bring us to a close. Uh, obviously, we're going to have the, the crew back on when it comes time for Cat and Mouse 2. Excellent. And 3. Awesome. And Excellent. 4. Excellent. And the Kickstarter for the trade paperback. Very cool. Um, Very nice. So until next time, I'm on the, okay, I didn't realize I was on the right show. My soundboard here, I was like, I jumped shows for, for that drop with Dean. Now, this is what everyone tells Dean at conventions. Move along, move along. <laughs> so until next time. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. <laughs>